The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. On the line now, we have Councillor Peter Murray, Brownville Ward Councillor, filling in for the Mayor and the Deputy Mayor. Peter, it's uh, really good to have you on the program once again. Yes, good morning, Mitchell, and uh, good morning, listeners. I hope you're well. I hope everyone is well. Well, first of all, how's everything going? You're in your third term now as a councillor. How are you finding this council, perhaps compared to some of the other councils that you've been on? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, look, I, I think the period we're in now with this COVID period is is real tough for council. Um, it's certainly the, the work is different. It's uh, we're much uh, restricted in what we're able to to do and get out and about. So in that way, it's it's been difficult. But um, as a group, I think we work well together um, and we're getting things done. What are your objectives? What would you like to achieve, particularly for Brownville Ward over this term? Uh, yeah, personally, what I um, campaigned for uh, in last year's election was uh, improvements down at Eastern Beach. And uh, I think uh, in time we'll see those. Uh, Landy Field... Um, Major works will be commencing there, so that'll be great to see Landy Field uh, up and uh, in a much better state than what it is at the moment. Uh, the Cadinia Park Master Plan, certainly we have Stage 5. that will be commencing, um, well, it's probably commenced at this moment, but the actual whole precinct, I think, needs a lift. Um, so they're, they're two or three of the items that I can campaign for uh, last election and uh, hopefully... And we'll get some movement on those. Now, in terms of the COVID situation, today Victoria passed yet another record. I mean, yesterday the record was the most locked down city in Melbourne. Uh, but today it's a new record for the greatest jump in COVID cases of any state in Australia ever. So 1,763 new cases today. How do you think we're faring here in Geelong? We've been through a few tough lockdowns, but are you optimistic that we're coming out of the other side now? Well, yeah, it makes you shake your head, doesn't it? 1,763 new cases. Um, it's deflating when you hear numbers like that. But I think as a city, I think we're doing really well. I think our numbers are uh, relatively very low. Um, I haven't heard actually Geelong numbers today, but certainly, you know, the last few days it's been the one and the two. So if we, you know, we keep our fingers crossed that that, that number stays low and, um and certainly, you know, after coming out of the last lockdown, you know, we're, we've got to be optimistic that there's light at the end of the tunnel and uh, it's coming very quickly. So hopefully we get to that 70%, get to that 80% and uh, things can really open uh, much better than what they are. But uh, yeah, I think we're going okay. How are we going with council services? Because they've been sort of open and then thrown into a lockdown. I'm talking about things like swimming pools, libraries, community centres, then they've been reopened again. Hopefully it's for a little bit longer this time for those ones that have reopened after the last lockdown. Yeah, no, good point. And, you know, the um, the, the city-owned, the indoor centres uh, are back open, the community hubs, uh, the service centres, uh, the city-owned golf courses, the Wool Museum, you know, and the likes of the Belmont Market and Potato Shed um, are back and operating uh, at, on restricted numbers, of course, like everything else. Um, so, as I said, Mitchell, you know, we, we keep our fingers crossed that we can only further improve from here. Now, the uh, Ocean Grove principal 
pedestrian network and the special charge scheme. Uh, we were hearing from former state MP Simon Ramsey on the program yesterday who said, in his opinion, he's not happy that uh, the residents of Ocean Grove, if their ratepayers have to chip in for the costs of new footpaths. How common is it for this sort of arrangement to take place? Well, it's very common. It's how uh, council, um, you know, the, the council puts in a certain amount for the footpaths and uh, these special schemes have been around um, since, uh, well, for a long, long time. It's how we fund all um, footpaths. So Ocean Grove was no different. I think it's perhaps the size of the Ocean Grove one that uh, um, is what people are um, maybe, may you know, having a good look at. Um, it's disappointing that it didn't um, go through last Tuesday night, but there's a number of questions that councillors did have in relation to it. Um, so we want to be very clear before we make a final decision on it. So I believe under the proposal it's $500, is it, per dwelling? That's roughly what it works out to be that they'd have to pay to contribute to the cost of these footpaths? Yeah, that's correct. I think, uh, yeah, 487 of that's just off the top of my head, but it's, some, it's a figure like that. Um, and it's over 6,000 residents uh, would contribute. Um, so, look, the community consultation's been done. It, it was supported. Uh, we've just got to make a decision on whether we proceed with it or not. Do the people in the community generally say, yes, we understand that we have to pay because it increases the value of our properties that we own? Or are they saying, no, we're not happy with this because we're rate payers and we're entitled to have our rates fund this? Yeah, well, there's a bit of, bit of both, really. Um, I, think six, I think it was about 60% supported uh, the scheme. Uh, so, um, So that's what the figure was, but uh, you're right, there's, there's, there's two arguments. They say, well, we pay our rates, you know, council should pay for our footpaths, but there's others that understand the responsibility of owning a, a premises that uh, they have to chip in for the footpaths uh, when they're built. Now, the Packington Street UDF, this is a big issue right in the heart of Brownville Ward in uh, Geelong West. And I was just talking to the CEO of the Committee for Geelong about it uh, because she mentioned that there's a change.org petition from some of the locals who say that this is fundamentally changing the PACO that we know and love. How do you feel about it as a Brownville councillor? I know that there was opportunities for community consultation that I believe closed uh, either last week or the week before. Yeah, look, this is uh, this is certainly it, um, as as Bramble councillors, I know we've all received a lot of uh, you know, emails and phone calls in relation to this. Uh, we haven't seen the final UDF yet. Um, I'm expecting maybe some some changes being made to it. Um, so I, I think it's best that I wait and uh, and form an opinion when I see the final UDF. But it has certainly raised. Uh, a lot of concern amongst uh, the, the residents of uh, Geelong West. Um, so we'll wait and see how that turns out. And the Seniors Festival, it's currently underway. And I know there's a lot of different activities that are currently taking place. A lot of them, I think, are online. And I know there's one where people can do rock painting and go to a webinar and learn how to do rock art. So how's the Seniors Festival going? Yeah, yeah, no, good point. The Geelong Festival is underway for the, uh, for the month of October. About 30 online events on offer um, for, uh, for community members aged 55 and over. Uh, but you're right, there's uh, 
a free virtual recipe book celebrating multicultural food. Um, what else is there? There's uh, musical entertainment. Uh, there's sessions to gain online and learn the importance of cyber safety. Uh, there's uh, you can hear and learn stories about some of the amazing items in the Heritage Centre. And as you mentioned, there's uh, activities including uh, kits for knitting, rock art and flower arrangements uh, to enjoy at home. But uh, all those programs are online. So if uh, anyone's interested, uh, geelongaustralia.com.au slash seniors festival is where you'll find them. And finally, the food waste collection trial. This is happening in the north, and I saw uh, councillors Aitken and Grizzlebeck as part of this. Can you explain how it actually works and what residents have to do? Uh, yeah. So the trial trial is for 12 months uh, at, in Lara. It's about 1,500 households. Um, so food waste takes up about 34% of the material in the average rubbish bin. Um, so... All those households in Lara have been given a 60-litre orange uh, lid, food waste bin and a small kitchen benchtop caddy. So um, if you're preparing a meal and you have food scraps, you would place them into the small container you have and then later place that into the the orange bin. And uh, that will be collected um, from the 5th of November. Um, So eliminates that food waste or it puts it to a better use um, so it's not going out in the normal bin. So uh, people have been asking for this. It's uh, it's certainly been brought in at other councils around the state. So it's a trial that uh, Geelong City Council is running and I'm sure it'll be very successful. And what happens to it when you collect it? How is it different to going to landfill? Is it sort of going to a, a compost type arrangement? Yeah, that's correct. So it doesn't go into landfill, and that's the idea to, to direct it away from landfill. So uh, it'll be then processed, and as you say, um, be uh, used sustainably after that. If we like the trial, and it seems to work in those limited number of households in the north, is there the ability? Do we, as a council, have the resources to be able to expand it across the whole city of Greater Geelong area? Yeah, correct. Uh, the trial is a, is the, uh, the step towards. Uh, meeting our sustainability target uh, of directing all household waste away from landfill. Uh, The trial will go to late 2022, be introduced slowly in areas in 2023. And fingers crossed we're expecting uh, municipal-wide food collection service by early 2024. Well, thank you very much for being on the program. Uh, Really good to have you back again and hopefully we'll catch up at some point again soon when uh, the Mayor and Deputy Mayor aren't available. I look forward to it, Mitchell. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Peter Murrahy there, Brownville uh, Ward Councillor, also a former Deputy Mayor of the City of Greater Geelong. He was the Deputy Mayor... I think for a couple of years during that last term. So we actually spoke to him a fair bit more uh, when the mayor wasn't available, when he was the deputy mayor. Now to stay, Brownville Ward Councillor. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.